everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I am so happy that you guys are tuning in. This is a really fun conversation, and I think you're going to love it. Well, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to extend a very special welcome to you. This has been the most fun project that I have taken on. I have a couple other roles that I step into during the week, but the podcast, oh my gosh, the podcast has brought so much joy and happiness and creativity to my life since launching last year during the uh, 2020 uh, quarantine. During that time frame, I thought, wow, I've got um, some time on my hands. I've always wanted to start a podcast. Why not now? So for those of you who are listening, that's a little insight into what you're going to hear today. Well, I hope you guys had a great weekend. My husband and I had an awesome weekend out here in Malibu. Let's see. Luke bought some new weights (laughs) for our at-home workout gym, and we went on a little beach walk after church on Sunday, saw some dolphins. That's always fun, and that's pretty much what's happening over here at the Landers household. Again, I hope you guys had a great weekend. Looking to the week ahead, my parents are visiting, and we also have a bonus episode on Friday. Friday with a young entrepreneur. So all around a great week ahead. Well, many of you who follow me on Instagram have seen that I have been working on something new. It's something I am really excited about. So please continue to stay tuned because I think you're going to love what we've been working on. And many of my How'd She Do That podcast guests have inspired this idea. And I'm sure that I will break it down and share more in some upcoming bonus episodes as the launch grows closer. Well, lastly, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to say a quick thank you to those of you who listen and share your favorite episodes on your Instagram stories. It's such a fun and creative way to share the podcast, and we so appreciate when you do. Today's episode is definitely one you're going to want to share with friends. Vana Chup is joining me, and this is a really big week for her. Yesterday, she announced she is rebranding after 13 years in business, and she also announced that her anniversary sale will be live through tomorrow the 10th. So this is the perfect timing if you're listening on Tuesday the 9th. This is the biggest sale of the year for Vana and her team, and after hearing her heart behind her pieces, I know you guys are going to want to check them out out. This is the best time to shop. Well, I love this conversation with Vana and loved getting to know her. Here is Vana Chup on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Vana Chup, is the CEO, founder, and creative director of Vana Chup formerly known as Les Papis Studio, which officially unveiled its new name and branding in March 2021. Vanna has been keeping memories close for families with her custom silhouette jewelry and gifts since 2008. Vanna Chup Studio is beloved by clients for their beautiful products, including heirloom jewelry, men's accessories, and custom paper pieces made from their favorite photographs that illustrate the people, pets, and special moments in their life. 
in celebration of her 13th year anniversary, Vanna decided to rename her business to better reflect where she is and more importantly, to swing wide the doors of new creative opportunities ahead. Vanna's passion and love for life is inspired by her wonderful family. When she isn't connecting with clients or creating new unforgettable pieces for her business, she is likely spending time with her two boys and husband, who happens to be her college sweetheart. Vanna, welcome to How'd She Do That? So good to be here. Thanks, Emily. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. And my goodness, congratulations. We are talking to you in the 13th year anniversary. This is so exciting. It's been amazing. It's hard to believe, but here we are. Oh my goodness. Well, I am so excited to dive in. I have recently been introduced to your pieces and I can't wait to hear uh, more about the inspiration behind them and the past 13 years of your business. That's amazing. Uh, I'd love to just get started. Let's dive in. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the earlier season of your business. But even before that, perhaps we could go back to where you went to school and what you majored in, what that season of life was like for you. Wonderful. Yeah. So I went to school at a private Christian university. It's called Judson University in Elgin, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And I graduated in 2004 with a master's in architecture. It was, we were actually the second class that, you know, was graduating with an architecture degree. My husband, who also went to the same school, he was the year ahead. So we were kind of like the pioneers of that program at the school. Oh, my goodness. Now, what made you want to do that major? What did you originally think you'd be doing after school? Um, I thought I'd be, you know, obviously be an architect. I had dreams of being an architect since I was a little girl. Uh, My parents to this day still have the sketches of, you know, house drawings that I would sketch for them and just different different drawings on black and white. And I was pretty determined to become an architect, even when I was like, they say that I was as young as 10 years old. So yeah. Oh my goodness. And you mentioned, you mentioned your parents before when we, uh, before we started recording, where do they live and where are you from? Do I pick up on a slight accent? You are, you do. Yeah. Even though I've lived here probably half my life, I still oh. have proud of that accent, which comes out more severely when I am upset or really excited, <laughs> it pops up. But I was actually born in Albania. I bet you haven't wow. you know, met many people from that little country. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was born in Albania and I was raised in Albania and Greece. My mom is Greek and my dad is Albanian and currently they live in Greece. So we've moved ever since I moved here 20 something years ago. But that's where I was raised, uh, went to elementary school and then moved on to higher education there. And then I transferred, um, actually came to California to continue my architectural degrees. And then I moved on to Illinois um, to finish my master's. Oh my, now what, well, this is an interesting little piece of the puzzle because many of my listeners, many of them are college students or recent grads. We even have empty nesters and lots of young moms. What was the connect from California to Illinois? Was it the position that you would be in to be in this specific program that took you there? Or what was that decision like? Um, When I was in California, I went also at a 
Christian college there. And when we were applying to kind of get me transferred to um, another college that offered the architectural program, I was um, going transferring to another Christian college was pretty high on my list. And so there were just a few in the country and Judson University had these kind of new programs. So that was really exciting for me because I came in, I was a little bit intimidated coming from another country thinking, you know, I had those imposter syndrome thinking, am I good enough? Maybe I should go to this program that they're just starting out. And, but it wow. ended up being like a blessing and probably the best thing in my life because that's where I met my husband. Oh my gosh, that is so fun. And it's so cool to think about you guys even actually being in the same major, it sounds like, and he's just a year older in school. Well, what did it look like upon graduating? What was your first role out of school? And perhaps how did you land that job? Yeah, so I graduated in 2004 with my master's. At the time, we had just gotten, well, we were newlyweds. We got married the year that I finished with my bachelor's. And then he, I'm sorry, I was, architecture is kind of like complicated. So it was a four (laughs) plus two. And I was in my internship here. Aaron had just graduated um, the year before, the year that we got married. So we were newlyweds. I was going back to school to finish my master's. And um, so graduated with my master's in 2004. And one of my thesis advisors, my professors, she offered me the job on the spot right after college. And she um, was a woman-owned business, um, doing everything kind of like old school. So it was just the three of us, three women, and everything was like hand drafting and no computers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, like, I mean, we would really chat with our cust- our clients through the phone, and they would come in the office and look at the drawings. Like we didn't even like have the technology to email things over to them. Which looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that I don't know how we survived, but it was right. <laughs> such a wonderful experience for me because. I learned so much that first year. Um, the the firm specialized in higher residential projects, and like I said, it started from like little home additions to like you know big mega mansions, so to wow. so to speak. And so I was there for about a year. Um, at the same time, um, I had a passion for urban planning, and that was kind of like my um, niche on architecture. And I really wanted to go um, with my husband and probably give it a year to UK. So I had applied to these uh, firm in UK and I had just gotten accepted and approved my contract to go there for a year and work with them. And that weekend we found out that we were pregnant. <laughs> with our first So I decided to stay and you know, we decided to stay and just put that on hold for another time. It really never happened, but in retrospect was probably the best thing. Oh my gosh. Well, that as you were sharing the story, I thought, I think that there's going to be something that stops the UK move. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's coming. Wow. But so you're a, at this point, you're a young married, you are excited about your career, you're ready to get going. And then you do. I mean, I'm sure you are overjoyed. You find out that you're pregnant at the time. Were you so, I mean, so, so excited, but what were you thinking about your career at that point? Because we get to know the the flip side of this story, this incredible brand that you've launched since then. But at that time in, in that season of life, how were you feeling? I mean, I was nervous. I was 27 when I had Nicholas and um, I knew that I could not go back to that, um, you know, firm because everything I would have had to be there and I did not want to 
take him to daycare. So I was looking for a position that I could actually work from home freelance. And because they were not technology savvy at the time, that wouldn't work. Um, they still kind of kept me on um, just trying to do some hand renderings for the company, but it just did not work out. So to my benefit, we had a friend from church who was also an architect and he said, I, you know, I'm just starting, I need a little bit of help and you could work from home, you can freelance and, you know, just raise Nicholas and we can take it a day at a time and see how that goes. So that went on for three years. In 2008, that's when I had the idea to start my business. Um, I was kind of drained on that freelancing job. I mean, the projects were not really exciting. I was not really creatively motivated, and I just felt like I needed something, another thing to spark joy into my life. Um, so that's when I got the idea to get started on Etsy. Oh my gosh. And I love, I was looking earlier today to just totally dive into your business and to see that you utilized Etsy in the beginning and to know where you are now. I mean, you guys, for those of you who are listening and you haven't seen her pieces, you're gonna, we're gonna give you a chance to connect with her, but they are beautiful. And to think that that the brand started on Etsy, I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So mm -hmm. take us back. Take us back to maybe the moment. I don't know if you're hanging out with Nicholas or or what was happening, but take us back to maybe that day or those first thoughts of okay, I, I think I'm on to something. I think I want to do something different. How did you land on your designs? I, I mean, tell us about this experience and, and those beginning thoughts. So I, when Nicholas was a baby, I would um, sketch the profile and every month I would just kind of document how he would change. I mean, of course I would take a million pictures of him when he was you know, <laughs> growing up, but just something about capturing his profile with a little sketch like that and so I would doc document that in a sketchbook. And it wasn't until later, close to 2008, that a friend of mine said that, oh, that looks so much like a silhouette. And I had no idea what silhouettes were, kind of, you know, stumbled upon them by this happy accident, so to speak. So <laughs> she's like, yeah, if you fill in black, that's what they look like. And, and so that's how I came about, you know, the silhouette art part of, you know, my business. And so I... Um, in 2008, I also attended a um, conference by the Country Living Women Entrepreneurs, and oh, they wow. had a conference in Chicago, and a friend of mine invited me. She's like, let's go. You know, we both were kind of thinking of doing something creative on the side. We were both newly wed, new moms, and so I went on, and at that point, I had kind of like played around with like doing some graphic design and designing stationery for friends and family, but nothing really serious about a business plan or anything. Um, so then I went there and one of our take home homework was to write on a piece of paper, what don't you like about your, where you're at now and what are you looking forward to do with yourself and where do you see yourself going in five years? And it just really, that little piece of exercise sparked such a joy in my head just to even think about the future. And so I went home that night and that weekend, I just sat down and I'm like, well, I have some stationery. Why don't I take pictures and start to post them on Etsy? There was also an Etsy representative on that conference that kind of like pushed things, you know, a little bit for me. And right. I didn't even know about Etsy until that day. So I went on, I put up a banner 
Um, this was on March 8, 2008. <laughs> so Etsy oh. was fairly new and we were easy to, you know, you had not much of a hard time to find what you were looking for. Right now it's beautiful, but it's just a lot of information, I guess. And it's really hard <laughs> to be found. So um, I posted up a couple of designs and um, they sold out in a couple of days. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there is something here. What do I do now? <laughs> and, you know, I kind of started, you know, designing on the side as I was freelancing. And, you know, when I would come home and my my son would take a nap, I would just like, you know, kind of come up with these ideas. Okay, what can I, what, what can I sell? What can I design? So it was more like a need to get somewhere and start something, but I was not, I did not have a plan yet. So I'm like, we'll see what goes and we'll see what customers like. And I did put up my first um, kind of like silhouette designs. They were stock silhouettes that I had created. They were not custom. And I had a customer reach out and say, hey, how about if I send you a picture of my son? Would you do that? And I'm like, of course. I mean, that's what I, that's how I came about creating the silhouettes. Like why not doing custom for customers? So that was the beginning, but it soon took off. Like I said, I was probably one of the very few Etsy shops that used to do silhouette, um, custom silhouettes from photographs. And so that's how it started. And it grew pretty quickly and about not even a year. I think it was like November, 2009. I was featured on the Cool Mom Picks. They're still around. Um, cool oh. Mom Picks gift guide. And we made just that first November, I guess, in business, we made over, I don't know, $30,000 in sales. And that was mind-blowing for me. I mean, I went from not making that in, in a year as an architect. Right. <laughs> in, in a month. And at that moment, my husband and I, you know, we kind of sat down and we're like, okay, I know. This just kind of came, but it's probably an opportunity for me to maybe quit my day job and just focus on doing these, even, you know, in like a part-time, full-time basis, whatever it takes. And that's, it kind of coincided at the same time Etsy had picked up my story and they featured me on their quit your day job article, which used to be uh -huh. really powerful. So that sent even more eyes and customers my way and it just never stopped from that point on. It just kind of grew and grew and here we are. Oh, well, that's amazing. And it's so fun to think about you just taking the time to notice the details in Nicholas. And then ultimately, as we know, and I'm, I can't wait to hear about some of your client stories and whatnot, but now you have been able to draw quite a few, <laughs> quite a few kids and and family members and, and pets and, and everything. Well, it's so fun to think about you doing this. Would you say, I mean, because I'm not necessarily one that would sit down and sketch. Is that maybe your background in architect that you were thinking to do that? And then in this beginning kind of season that we're chatting about, was this solely stationary or had you kind of popped off into other products as well? So early on, I solely offered stationary and fine art prints. So they were, and we still do stationary and fine art prints. So hence the name Le Papier Studio. When I started out, I speak, speak a little bit of French and silhouettes are, you know, they come from, France and Etienne de Silhouette was the guy who invented them. So I was like, okay, I just played with that. So um, yes, to answer your question, I only did paper product until about early 2010. Um, in 2000 and 
2010, well, 2009, after these wonderful press that came my way, I was also reached out by Chronicle Books to write a book on how to make silhouettes. So, oh, my goodness. And there, um, they came up with this idea of like, okay, so you show us how to make the silhouette and then you can feature it in different products. And I'm like, oh, wow, what a great idea. I mean, at that time, I, I probably only had done it on a pillow, like an iron, like, uh, using yes. like a iron on transfer paper, which when I yes. look back, I'm like, I cringe. But that was the time <laughs> of DIY and everything was just fun, you know? And um, they reached out and they said, okay, let's have a book with these 10 projects, 10 DIY projects. And, you know, we put that together. The book was kind of like a DIY type of book, like a kit. And it did so well. It won like a, an award for the design part of it. And it was just, you know, it, it kind of put me on the map for a silhouette shop. And at that point, customers would ask to have their little silhouettes of their children on lockets, on mugs, on pillows, on plates. So I did it all. I, you know, when whenever a customer would ask about something, if I had a way or if I could source it out to another partner, I would do that. I would partner with other artisans to do it, you know, on different products that I was unable to. And so it kind of grew that way. It wasn't until probably um, 2000 and 15, that I kind of took a really, you know, a stop on my business. And I had to think, okay, where are we going? Um, I cannot keep, you know, kind of putting out all these different products. I really need to think, you know, where do I want to go? What do I want to be known for? Um, oh. Is it, you know, kind of not cheaper, but like higher end products or, you know, something that you can put together really quickly do I want something that lasts forever? It's heirloom or something that it's cocktail piece. And so at that time, I also had my second boy oh. <laughs> in 2012. <laughs> so as you can imagine, I was a really busy mother. Um, and throughout this process, my main goal was to be home with them and just to work this business around my schedule. So I never looked till I grow it past that. I just mm. do it organically. Everything can kind of came naturally. I had a little bit of help here and there, which was seasonal, but I did a lot of the design and the packaging and shipping myself. And so I'm like, well, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be around for a while. <laughs> I mean, still a toddler. And I just made that decision to like really discontinue a ton of products that I didn't see were serving us going forward. And then I also made the decision to really focus on higher end precious metals and focus on making jewelry as my main product, uh, because I knew that jewelry would last forever and, you know, something that is precious and brings back so many memories. I mean, it's something that you would want to wear forever and bring it down, you know, to the next generation. So it wasn't until 2015 that everything kind of changed for me. And then I even started thinking about moving away from Etsy and starting my own website, something that could tell the brand story and has my brand, you know, feel and colors and everything. It just felt like a new home for us. Mm. 
Oh my goodness. Well, it's so fun to think about you starting this business. And it sounds like for the first few years, and I love this because I think this is such a, a nod to your true entrepreneur spirit, entrepreneurial spirit, is that you were really going with the flow. It's like, okay, what? yes, what do you guys need? What do you like? You were really figuring out who your clients were, what was working, and what maybe would take off a little bit more. I, I want to backtrack for a second because you're just kind of casually added in that you're an author. I mean, that's crazy as well that there was a book in the earlier years. I mean, you really, there was a lot of excitement and Etsy was so behind you and the timing seems to have been really, really great as well. What was it like as these different articles started to pop up and then the book comes together. I mean, are you looking at your husband like, what on earth? You're you're kind of stepping into this area of expertise in, in the silhouette shop world and you are just sketching your son. I mean, that's pretty amazing to think about all of the different opportunities that came up fairly quickly in those beginning years. Yeah, it was mind-blowing because um, during the day, as I put it, I was out with friends and going to parks, you know, just to hang out with other yes. and they, every now and then they would look at an article or they will see something that I would share on my blog. And they're like, wait, what? You were on Good Morning America? <laughs> like what? And I'm like, oh, no, that's not me. I mean, that's, you know, I, I always try to kind of downplay my successes because mm. I don't know, it just felt like I'm just a mom, you know, trying to make this thing and, um, keep myself creative and just doing something for other moms. And I've always looked at my success in the eyes of, you know, our community. If they're mm -hmm. not here and they didn't need our products, I wouldn't be here. So it was really humbling to see that, you know, I would be in the Today Show <laughs> featuring, you know, for Mother's Day gift guides or I was on the Steve Harvey show for the Mother's oh Day segment. And I'm just... <laughs> leave that moment with the excitement and then, okay, let's get back to work the next day. And my husband mm -hmm. has been my number one, you know, cheerleader supporter because our families yeah. were not near us. We just mm -hmm. kind of stuck together and, you know, raised our, bo our boys and he'd give me time if I needed, if I was in a very stressful season of business, he'd give me time, you know, just to focus on that and you'd pick up the slack, um, you know, at home yeah. with them take him to sports and all that. And so I feel like he kind of put his dreams on hold for a while there just to kind of let me mm. um, live my dreams. Um, but yeah, it's just, I would say that with his support and that it's, it's been possible. Otherwise it would have been really hard. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys sound like an amazing family unit and yes, supporting mom in every way possible. Um, a quick question, because I, I think a lot of people who are listening, they're going to hear like, wow, I mean, you really tapped into an amazing market and then tap Etsy behind you and, and the book. And then, yeah, like you said, today's show and then being on these different, you know, uh, gift guides for Mother's Day. I mean, there were so many different things working in, in your favor, but it really says a lot about your area of expertise and your 
your creativity and your pieces. Um, when you are on those different segments for my listeners who might be like, how does that even happen? I mean, at this point, are you a one woman show and you get a call from the Today Show? At that point, did you have more members on your team? What did that kind of look like when people would reach out and you would be like, oh my gosh, okay, we're going to do this? I hired uh, first my first assistant in 2010. And uh, at that time, I left, uh, I mean, I didn't leave home. I had a little studio space outside of home that I would go in a couple of days a week and she would be there too. Um, we would package, we would ship orders. She also had experience in PR. So we would just reach out to magazines and editors and we would just wait and see what came our way. Like I said, press just seemed to come easier those days because there weren't many other um, shops that did what I do. Um, so mm. it was easier to be found. Um, but it wasn't until we moved from Chicago to Virginia, we're now in Richmond in 2015, that I, you know, my boys were 10 and um, 10 and three at that time. So I had they could go to school, they could go to preschool. So I had more time with on my hands. So I grew the team. I hired two new people that were jewelers mm. to help me because even though I designed these pieces and I know what I'm putting in my designs, I'm not a jeweler. Even even though in the, I, can, I can string a charm onto a chain, I can hold the, the pliers. I'm not a jeweler. <laughs> That's what people are like, wait, you were an architect, not a jeweler. I'm like, I'm not. I can't design, but I'm not a jeweler. So, <laughs> so we in 2015, it was three of us, and then just kind of flash forward in 2020, um, I hired four more people, and I also hired help to have somebody, two people, help me with silhouettes. So they're silhouette artists. So now, I mean, for for a while there, all I was doing was just drafting silhouettes and it was just, it became, it became a chore instead of, you know, something that used to bring me joy because right. even though I would do that, I had so many other important aspects of like telling the story of my brand, you know, talking to press, reaching out to other companies for partnerships and showing up on social media to tell our story. So it just became, we knew that, okay, Ivana, you need to do that part and then we need to bring people in to kind of support you with the growth. And so right now it's seven of us. Oh. My husband has, um, he does architecture part-time and he's our COO. So he takes care oh. of our, the backend organization um, of the business and just kind of putting everything together on the backend so that I can do the promotion and the marketing and the partnerships and can continue to tell the story to our customers. Well, that is so amazing. It's so fun to think even even the point of growth from 2015, that seems to be a year that you really honed in on what it was that you were doing, got that assistant, and then since then being able to add so many to your team. I love it. I love to think about just the growth. And for those of you who are listening, perhaps you're in a situation where you're sensing a little bit of growth and maybe there's something that, that you actually, you do have the opportunity to take off your plate and give to someone else. Vana, how did you you decide, uh, you know, who was the next hire as you were growing, how did you decide, okay, well, we need jewelers or we need this. How did you kind of decide, um, how to expand your, your team and, and ultimately kind of your business family? I always knew that what I was good at and everything mm. else I tried to delegate 
it's it was not always easy because by nature I'm very driven and I want to do everything. I want to have <laughs> my hands on everything. But I knew that if I continued that, I was going to hurt the business instead of give it legs and help it grow. So I always, mm. when I hired, um, I always hired with the idea in mind that I would hire somebody who can do these part of the process much better than I could. Um, mm. And I hired the jewelers that way and I hired the customer service person that way. They were the best at their role. And to this day, I kind of cheer them on to and <laughs> all that they need to be the best. Um, it wasn't always easy. I, you know, in the early days, I would think that, okay, if they failed at something, um, because I'm always used to doing it myself, I'd be like, oh, it's okay, I I'll do it. And, you know, yes. we had a lot of talks, you know, with other entrepreneurs and, you know, friends of mine that run businesses online. And they're like, you're not doing them a favor by picking up the slack or whatever. You need to mm. equip them with everything they need so that they do better and they grow in their role and they own it. Only then you know that, you know, you're you're truly acting like an entrepreneur and a boss. Not <laughs> You're not their friend. You're not, you know, you're not. And so it was hard, but that was the idea that I always hired people who were better at their job mm. than I was at that particular part of the process. Mm, such great insight into how you lead your team as well, that you can you can hand off those tasks that you're not so good at. And for those of you who are listening, again, maybe you're a small business or maybe you haven't even started, but it's just so great to think about, okay, when you're able, what can you delegate to make your team better, to make you better? And ultimately, you are able to go back and continue to do the things you love. Well, I love to hear about the amazing growth and just the excitement that you had around your pieces and you're honing in on, okay, what's going to be the best? What can we be the best at? And you really honed in on jewelry. But I'm curious, um, are there any instances throughout your career that you'd say failure actually helped shape it? Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> that you fail once and you succeed once and it's just as important. Um, I, in 2019, we had a big opportunity to partner with Frontgate. Um, oh. Our products were featured on their December catalog for, uh, for the holidays and they featured our silhouette ornaments and our silhouette portraits. And at the time, you know, when I was looking at the contract, I was just so excited that this opportunity landed and I did not even think of all the little nitty gritty parts of it. And so right. one of the elements that was so important that was kind of taken away from that was the fact that when an order comes through, we have a pretty personal communication with the customer. We help them select mm -hmm. the photos. We help them into the process. We guide them. And it's just such a crucial part of like having a wonderful experience. So that was taken away and I, we pretty much became a fulfillment company. You know, we would take mm. the photos, create the silhouettes, put them into products and ship them to the customers. And we had a few, you know, upset customers that they did not have a chance to have a say on the design. And that mm. really just set not very well with me because I'm a perfectionist and I want everybody to be happy. And I didn't even have a chance to reach out to those customers. I, mean, I didn't have their information mm. besides their shipping address to say, we want to make it better. But it was just something that could have been avoided had I looked at the contract, you know, in the beginning or asked those questions and said, you know, put my foot down and say, no, this is really important for us to have 
the great partnership. So that partnership did not renew the following year and it was probably for the best, but mm-hmm. it has taught me so much to really know what we're about and what our processes are mm-hmm. like and just to really put all of that in writing. I mean, we've had other partnerships with smaller companies and we respect each other's processes and how things work. And because of that, Mm -hmm. we have so many repeat customers who look for these partnerships. They're like, I bought something from when you were partnering with, you know, the yearly company and, or with, and you, you know, they come back every time we bring out new partnerships, they come back because they had such a great experience. And I felt like that was kind of like a failure with Frontgate, but I don't really look at it. You know, I'm not disappointed a lot because it just taught me things that I didn't even think about. Right. Exactly. And for those of you who are listening, take note. Think of the different things that that Vana is sharing that she has learned and and think about it in your own life and your own business. You know, I I personally the one thing that just stood out is, is getting things on paper and really, really looking through different collaborations because it's such an amazing way to grow and to share your product or for me personally to share the the podcast. But I love what you said about just taking it in and looking through everything and even those smaller collaborations, sometimes those are such a huge hit because you have your hand in it. You can communicate with your clients and, oh my goodness, you have pretty, I mean, I was about to say, this is not a negative way of saying it, but you have like a cult following. I mean, there are some clients that just love your pieces. I've been seeing them. I want to know what has been a real wow moment for you. Maybe it was a client story, or maybe it was a memory that was shared to you by a, a client after receiving their beautiful pieces. What's a real wow moment for you in your career? I mean, we've had so many. Every time we get a picture of, I think we're in the business of capturing moments and turning them into these mm. beautiful pieces that whether it's jewelry or ornaments or anything that hold on to that special story, whether that person is here on earth or they have passed. So every time like what really strikes a chord for me and makes me, you know, want a ball is like when we receive a picture of a child that is no longer here and that mm. mother and father want to capture that moment into a forever, you know, piece. And so mm-hmm. just to hear their words when they got the piece and what it means to them and just kind of be part of that story. And I, I just, I mean, I feel so humbled and honored that here I am, you know, I started this business 13 years ago trying to illustrate my son, but it has grown so much beyond that. We're here mm-hmm. to capture all of those special moments and milestones and happy and sad stories into pieces that, you know, And so, yes, you can look at our Instagram now and, you know, our social and see so many people. But really, I always believe that if you serve your community, even if it's 10 of them, serve them well, Mm -hmm. so well Mm -hmm. that they would want to come back and they want to tell the world about you. And that's what we did. Like, you know, day in and day out, we showed up, you know, we were part of that community. We led them never with the idea that we wanted to hard sell a product. We were just moms, you know, just like they were and shared our struggles together. And, you know, it just happened that we create these beautiful products that they see a value in. And that's how we've grown. I don't think, you know, when people are like, how did you grow your following to to that? And I'm like, it just happened a day (laughs) at a time. I mean, you could, you could see that I've been around for a while, but there is no, 
tricky formula. I really is just showing up and listening to them and sometimes doing more listening than talking. Oh, I love it. Well, you just hit on two themes that I have been experiencing in our conversation. And I was going to say it earlier, but but you just mentioned it. So I want to just affirm something I'm noticing. There's a real humility about you and about your success and about your business. And you might you might even be blushing right now, but but I really wanted to point that out to listeners and to customers and, and clients that know Vanna and love her work. Can't you tell? She is so humble, so kind, and it's obvious that your main goal is to serve your community. And that's that's another theme that I'm noticing, this community aspect, even thinking of you, you know, in the earlier years out at a park with girlfriends and other moms. And they're like, what? I saw this on the blog. You're going to be on the Today Show. What? Like, I just love that you've really put your head down and you've just been working. You've been working to serve this community. And I just had to take a little moment and say, I see that. It's very obvious to me. And I'm I'm just, I'm over here. I'm amazed by your success. So impressed. Love the brand you've created. But I just wanted to add, I'm not so surprised that that the success has come to you. <laughs> That's a great observation. If you were to ask me what's the one leading factor that has helped you with that success, I would say 100% our community. I mean, I've planned on them and I've, you know, I've made so many friends, customers that have turned friends and I've been sharing their struggles of miscarriages and all that. So yeah, mm. take a single thing for granted. Oh. Well, that's amazing. And again, you guys, I, I know many of you have probably already looked up Vana on social. I am. I'm teasing it. We are going to give you the chance to go and see these beautiful pieces that we've been talking about. But but before we do, Vana, I'd love to know what, what perhaps is the greatest lesson that you could share with my listeners that you have learned? I would say to not let fear stop you from dreaming big. I mean, we all have those moments when, you know, for whatever one reason or another, we feel like we're not enough. I've had those struggles. Um, push away those thoughts and focus on why you started to begin with or why you want to start something and um, why it matters for those. I mean, it has always to be about the others. It's not about you. I mean, I, I always feel like I've been put on this earth to kind of serve people. And if I do that well, it will bless me. It will bless my family, my team. But um, yeah, just push away the fear and focus on how you can serve and how you can you know, show up every day. We really only have today. Tomorrow is never promised to any of us. And if we keep showing up, learn along the way, we try to improve, try to pivot and you know, grow and evolve. I don't know. I think it's a beautiful thing to, to be alive and experience life in all that it brings. Well, so well said. I, I don't know that I have too much to add. That's fantastic. And I think I think women and, and many of my listeners, again, you guys, you might be hearing this and, and thinking, whoa, yeah, push the fear aside. That's exactly what's stopping me. Maybe fear of failure or fear of what friends might think if you take this leap of faith and show your sketch to somebody. Ooh, that's, that's kind of scary. But I love what Vaughn is saying about just pushing that fear aside and even thinking too, you know, earlier you mentioned, and this was actually in regard to perhaps cultural barriers, uh, but getting college. But I think a lot of women can struggle with imposter syndrome, not just 
culturally, (laughs) but also in business. And so just to recognize, no, there is room for you. There's a spot at the table for you. You need to only pull out the chair. So I love it. Well, Vanna, what are you learning now? Oh, gosh, I'm learning how to be okay with growth. I mean, for so long, Mm. we're, we're, you know, we turned 13 years in business. And for so long, I, you know, like I said earlier, I took it slow. I went with the flow. I was here for my boy's (laughs) birth and toddlerhood and all that. My oldest is 15. It's just mind blowing that I started when he was a baby and my other boys eight to be nine soon. And we have just signed on a lease for a big space so that our team can work from and be inspired. And so we're just, I, I'm trying to tell myself to be okay with this growth. And I am, it's just a new season for me. We have just rebranded and launched this new brand. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited to serve our community and to continue offering um, beautiful pieces that can help them capture their loved ones and their special milestones. Oh, so sweet and so cool. Well, that that does tie in because I mentioned earlier in the intro, many of you who are listening, you might be familiar actually with Vana under a different name. And so tell us a little bit more because I'm so happy for you. And again, congratulations. Tell us a little bit more about the insight behind, you know, the 13th year anniversary and actually this rebranding. What what did, what made you decide to kind of move forward in this way? And again, open up the door for, for new creative opportunities. What was the thought behind the rebranding and what can we expect moving forward? When um, I started my business in 2008, I kind of on a whim came up with this name, Le Papier Studio, which means the paper studio in French. And I, at the time it made sense because everything that we did was paper. And we've grown from that where what we're known for right now is beautiful jewelry and accessories, ornaments, illustrations. So it just, it, I felt like it didn't do justice to our brand anymore. Plus, it's really hard to say le papier, <laughs> you know, for those French. <laughs> I was practicing before this recording. <laughs> and I just, you know, I didn't love it that our customers could not say the name of our brand and, you know, talk And so we um, also have some really exciting things and, you know, in the plans for the future, like I said, my husband has joined the business um, as the COO and the two of us have always had this dream of having something, a company together that who knows if we're blessed Mm -hmm. and we have architecture services and interior design and, you know, design beautiful products. So I wanted to come up with a name that would help us grow and not limit our growth by, you know, just paper. So that's where the story of Le Papier Studio turned onto Vana Chop Studio. Um, I've always been the heart and soul of this business. And even though in the beginning, when I was thinking about the rebrand name, I did not want my name to be, you know, front and center. My team (laughs) kind of at the same time, they're like, it should be you. It, it always has been you behind the scenes and you're what mm. pushes this business day in and day out. I think you should own that. And, you know, so here we are. Oh, well, again, congratulations on Vana Chup Studio. I think it's a fantastic name. And you were just putting the pieces of the puzzle for me together. I'm like, 
wait a second, architectural background, interior design. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more of you guys. (laughs) Thank you. We're excited for sure. Oh, so exciting. Well, Vana, this has been such a fun conversation for me. I feel like I could probably talk to you for a few more hours, <laughs> but I would love to know, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? I think we covered it all. We covered we covered yours, didn't we? <laughs> Nicholas is, so tell me if I did the math right. You said Nicholas, the little tiny baby that I've been picturing my, in my head as the design inspiration. Did you say he's 15 now? He's 15. He is. Oh my God. Hey, look, your um, silhouette is, well, was on my logo uh, up until we rebranded. And now he tries his hand on silhouettes and he helps us with packaging. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's come a long way. And it's just a blessing to sit here and see all of these kind of like, you know, have taken place from 2008 to now. Oh, absolutely. Well, I know it's been a walk down memory lane for you. It's been an inspiration to me and to my listeners. I am sure of it. Well, one thing I love to ask guests, I'm, I'm a really big um, just advocate for women of all ages to network and connect, much like you did uh, back in, I think, 2008 when you went to that country living conference. I mean, it's just so amazing to get together with girlfriends and to dream big together. So with all that being said, I love to ask my guest who they might know who should come on and share their how'd she do that story. Oh, I would love to recommend two wonderful business owners. They're dear friends of mine and I have partnered with them. Actually, I have two partnerships happening, you know, now with them. One is Ann Williams with Yearly Company. They're based out of Nashville and they do the most beautiful bangles that, you know, we add our charms onto. So it's, it's been a beautiful partnerships, you know, for going on year two now. And then the other one, and this is a new partnership, is um, Susan Gordon Pottery, and she's out of Alabama, and you've probably seen her beautiful balls that, you know, they sell out the moment she puts them out there. But both women are just really sweet, and, you know, we chat about business and growth, and, you know, sometimes you need those girlfriends to cheer you on and keep on going. Ah. Yes. Well, you guys will have to stay tuned perhaps for an episode with Susan or Anne or both. I love it. Thank you so much, Vana. Well, I have been, I've been teasing this. And again, many of you have probably already looked up Vana Chubb Studio on her website and on Instagram and whatnot. Vana, where can listeners connect with you? They can follow us and be part of our community on Instagram at Vana Chubb Studio or on our website at vanachubstudio.com. Fantastic. Well, Vana, again, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. This was such a treat for me. I have a lot to think about. You have inspired me, and I know you've done the same for my listeners. So thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, Emily. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. Talk to you soon.